Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hey there, it's Mike. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. Welcome back. Today's episode, we're going to, it's a little bit of a play on words, just in case you might not get it. I've been told my jokes are not great sometimes, but I call this one missing the drones. You know, I, people used to say, man, you're missing the boat on this one. Maybe we're missing the drones this time around. I suspect a vast number of the black swan hunter crowd, I call them the BSH squadron, they're scratching their heads today as they ponder the reasoning behind the market. I mean, if you get stuck to news and media inklings, you would be hiding in a foxhole with canned goods, weapons, and a pile of gold coins. Our hunch remains that that will be a, a bad bet on the future as well. The title today, of course, is a play on words. My generation called it Missing the Boat. The next generation to drive the power of the economy will be far different indeed. Hence the reference to drones. Speaking of drones, I'm not sure if you caught the piece or not about the Chinese military movements and the small islands sprinkled around the South China Sea. It seems that part of the world is getting very uneasy about the uh, Chinese taking those islands. Seems the military here in the U.S. is going to be using drone submarines to watch the area. Heck, I didn't even know they had drone submarines. In fact, I sent a piece out last week about drone submarine hunters. It's a 130-foot vessel that the, that the Navy released. It's first of apparently many being built where it can go for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles without even stopping hunting for submarines. By the way, no people are on board. Imagine that for a second, a ship that's guided by computers from somewhere safe on land that finds our enemy for us. Now that's a shift. But here's the interesting thing is now we've got the same size vehicles, but they're actual submarines. I'm told in the article, as you went on to read it, It described a pipeline of tools our military will begin to implement. The list includes something they called forward pods, which will house even smaller drones. Now, here's the the kicker. It's almost like Star Trek-ish, okay? Because these forward pods will be permanently built. They'll be bolted to the ocean floor. And they will only be brought up to speed and used when there's a need. And the drones, apparently they look like fish. And they'll swim around and scour the area for information. I don't know about you guys, but that is a sector surprise that the Gen Y kids are bringing to bear. And you thought defensive stocks would be boring. So here we are looking at things in the military where they will man the surface with drones, they will They will search underwater with drones, and they will be waiting to pounce with forward pods with drones. Why is that important? Well, I I say this 
with kindness intended, but we are indeed missing the boat. We are infatuated with data from our past, data from old assumptions, data that somehow tell us what the future is that we think is good, but it's coming from old systems, old processes, and quite honestly, old industry. Imagine for a moment that you lived in the 50s and 60s and 70s and you refused to embrace or accept the changes that the baby boom brought in the 80s. Look, as I said in the last podcast, the market is not overcoming all of these events we're told as Armageddon now, or Apocalypse now, I should say. We haven't, we haven't gotten here because we've been using QE. The market is not reclaiming altitude because the Fed is printing money or because of some secret group trying to foil the gold guys. The market is continuing to climb up the mountain because commerce is reshaping our economy. Like a snake shedding old skin, nearly everything we currently think we understand will require a more refreshing perspective moving forward. Of course, examples are all around us. We just don't see them that way. Look, the the world awaited a Doha decision, right? Doha was going to be it. That was going to be the thing that finally saved the oil market. While that was going on, even Saudi Arabia was beginning to understand oil's time is slowly but surely dissipating. I saw a piece This is what it was titled, Saudi Arabia Prepares for the End of Oil's Era. Wow. The kingdom's public investment fund is recruiting bankers for what could become the globe's largest sovereign wealth fund. currently has about $100 billion of companies' stakes, but it's eventually going to have $2 trillion to invest. $2 trillion. Why? Well, Saudi Aramco is going to sell some of itself. Okay, It's going to take those proceeds and invest in the future. The biggest oil guys even know oil's about done. Now, I don't mean tomorrow, but it's, but, but it's, it's, it's crest of importance to global economy as has, it's behind us already. Now, think of what $2 trillion in one sovereign fund would do At $2 trillion, the fund could buy Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Berkshire Hathaway and still have money left over. Speaking of the oil front, in real time, many have mistakenly assumed that oil production would plummet as rigs fell off and were stacked. That line of thinking went on to assume that as oil production halted, prices would rise and the industry would eventually recover. We suggest one not get too accustomed to that idea for two reasons. We're not just finding oil on fracking. Another article recently, Exxon starts production at Gulf of Mexico's Julia oil field. Production has started, and here's the kicker, under budget and ahead of schedule in the Gulf of Mexico. First production well is already online. A second well will start production in the coming weeks, and the third well is expected to come online in early 2017. Design capacity of about 35,000 barrels a day of oil. 35,000 barrels a day. More oil. Okay? 
one set of wells in the Gulf of Mexico. Not fracking, not on land. Think about that. Not in the Bakken, not in the shale world. Gulf of Mexico. A more productive view is something like this. Thanks to technology, cost-effectiveness, and more advanced procedures, by the way, all brought on by Generation Y thought processes, oil companies will begin to find ways to make solid profits from far lower oil prices. Some companies, of course, are not going to survive. That's good. And it's part of the process that's always underway. Instead, new investments will continue to be made, advantages will be built, and solutions will be created. The energy sector will remake itself, just as every sector will, as Generation Y seeps farther into the corporate system. I remind myself of how things changed. Um, I don't know if you recall what the RTC was. It was created in the early 90s, called the Resolution Trust Corp. You remember the early 90s started off with a recession because we, well, we built too much real estate, not in houses, but in commercial buildings. It was created by the Fed as a response to the last real estate crisis. Okay, every downtown district was spotted with see-through buildings, nice glass statues with no tenants. Well, the Resolution Trust Corp. was created to flush all those bad loans into one entity, and then it was sold off for cheap. The banks were cleaned out. Some survived, but we lost over 1,500 banks and SNLs back then. A lot of people don't remember that. Imagine today if we heard in the headlines we were losing 100 banks a month, which, by the way, is what was happening back then. 100 banks a month. The point is this. There was a siren call in the crowd. It was, Jesus, we're going to take years and years and decades to pay off all this debt from that collapse. The funny thing is you had two choices. You could listen to that noise or you could hear the nearly silent voices whispering, man, you cannot believe how much money I am making by buying real estate for five cents on the dollar from the RTC. The results? Well, it wasn't decades. The RTC was gone, done, finished. All of its real estate was gone in 18 months, not decades. Massive wealth was created for some, while others feared how big the problem was, even after it was over. By the way, back then, the Dow was bouncing in the neighborhood of 3,000. I sense some of that happening today in lots of areas. So I have a hunch that we're going to look back on this walking in quicksand period, this, this feeling of going nowhere, the reality of going nowhere in the markets at least, for 18 months. Market closed on Friday where it was 18 months ago. But a few years from now, we're going to look back on this from a distance and realize it for what it really was, a series of shifts tectonic shifts is what we called it in our piece back in 2013. These shifts can be viewed as the ends of things or the beginning of the next phases of our expansion. You get two choices. You get to pick one or the other, just like back in the RTC days. 
You can listen to the fearful voice or you can be excited about the opportunity that's exploding. One can be lost in what is going on and going away, or you can take advantage of all that's being built, even if it's different from what we knew before. Imagine that. Imagine only demanding to stay where you are. Imagine saying that in the 80s. Imagine saying, I don't want a smartphone. I'd rather my dial tone. I, I want that thing where I put my finger in the hole and I move the dial around. That's the phone I want just because it's what I knew. I was comfortable with it. I don't want a smartphone. I don't want everything new. Today, we must understand the barbell economy. We must understand the shift taking place as the next couple of years unfold. We must envision the baton being passed under all the noise. We must embrace the massive and, yes, sometimes frightening process of opportunity being built as it unfolds. It sounds rather pithy, I know, but everything old really is becoming new. That is why the market has churned in place for 18 months, making little or no headway. Those shifts are taking place. I just have one thought. Pray for another correction. Be ready to pounce. And watch left field. That's where surprises come from. They're not always bad. And remember this. The next 100% move in the market is up. So take advantage of corrections. Hope these thoughts have been helpful. Join us again on the next podcast. Until we see you, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.